Hi, it's Michelle. Thank you for joining me for this segment of Daily Bread with Jam, a podcast by the Holy Spirit You Channel. Uh, we've been talking about, or I've been sharing with you, the uh, compelling move in my spirit and push in my spirit by the Holy Spirit to share the need for his people, those who claim to believe, those who profess the name of Christ, to shift into the season of blessing, to move out of a season of short and or long-term cursing into a season of blessing. That starts with blessing him and his name, blessing others, spirit, soul, and or body, and therefore beginning the cycle of blessing in your own life. As we sow the seeds of blessing right now, then a harvest of we will reap the harvest of blessing in the future individually and collectively. We are to prepare the way for the Lord. So I truly believe that this is part of the preparation. That being said, let's move right into this and talk about Genesis 12:2. I am not going to read all of Genesis, but here's what I want to say to you. Never take scripture out of context. So I know what Genesis 12 says. I know based on what Holy Spirit has shown me, the implications of Genesis 12, too. But for the purpose of this particular teaching, I'm going to focus on this thing. Genesis 12, 2. Now, understand that when there is a promise, there is a condition. When there is a promise, there is a condition. We have been challenged by God, instructed by God, informed by God, led of his spirit in the name of Jesus to pivot. That's the instruction. That's the condition. So the season, you stepping into the season of blessing, the season of blessing is going to happen regardless. The question is, how will it impact you? What will that look like for you? Will you still be operating in a spirit of cursing while the season of blessing is taking place? Because any time the Lord provides an instruction or a guidance, then that means we have no excuse. We'll talk more about that later. Just because we reject something doesn't mean the Lord doesn't still uphold it. And it also removes any excuse we might have as to why we couldn't, shouldn't, wouldn't, or didn't. So let me read Genesis. You know, I want to say, you know, before I get started, because ever since he told me that, so, so basically let's call this blessed to be a blessing. That'll, that'll be the name of this segment. But ever since he said that to me, I think of how many times, and I love the song myself, uh, we're blessed in the city, we're blessed in the field. We're blessed when we come and when we go. So we love, blessed, blessed, right? We love to sing that. But we're not in many cases living blessed lives, although we like the song. And it's okay to like the song, but understand that the articulation of the song, whether in word or in, in singing, in speaking or singing, brings a level of accountability to our lives that we understand have received and are walking in the blessing of the Lord. That's why the pivot is so critical. That's why he's saying right now, okay, you've gone around this mountain long enough. So Genesis 12, 2. And I will make, the Lord is speaking, he's speaking to Abram, 
who would later become Abraham, we know. And I, the Lord, will make of thee, Abram, a great nation. And I will bless thee, Abram. I, the Lord, will bless thee, Abram, and make thy, don't ask me why it's the thee or the die. Well, I, I do know. I will bless thee. Thee is generally in the King James, you. Thy is your. So I will bless you or thee, Abram, and make your, thy name great. And you, thou, shalt be a blessing. Shalt is not an option. Shall, or what we would say shall, will. It's not an option. It is a definitive, absolute term when the Lord uses it. And I will bless them that bless you, and I curse them that curse you. And in in thee, you, shall all families of the earth, I need you all to hear this, all families of the earth. He didn't say your family. He didn't say just your people, just the people from your community, just the people that look like you. He is setting up the coming of Christ, the Savior of all people, the world. The world is not the earth, the planet. The world is the people. We are the world. The song was not far off, if off at all. We are the world. So he's saying, first, the, the instruction, let me go back to, to Genesis 12, 1. The Lord told Abram in verse 1 to get out of his own country. He's saying, I know you've been hanging here for a while. This is your hood. This is your people. This is where you're comfortable. This is where you grew up. You know the place like the back of your hand, but I need you to move on. There is something that I need to give you and do for you that I cannot do here because there is a level of familiarity that you rely on here that keeps me from operating in the fullness of my power in your life. I need you to get away from your country, your kindred, your family, and from your father's house into a land that I will show. I call it the go and I will show principle. That's the principle of faith. You have to believe it and trust me enough. If you say that I'm on omniscient, when I give you an instruction, then my instruction takes into account One, all of your questions, but everything that I need, the Lord saying this, to fulfill the outcome that I already know I have in mind. So I need you to leave everything that you know, because that's keeping you from getting to know know me in the fullness of my power and glory. And guess what? When you do this, here's what's going to happen, verse 2. The condition, go. If you do this, then I will make of you a great nation. I will bless thee, you, and make thy, your name great, and thou, you, shalt be a blessing. These are all the things that are going to happen. Verse 3, I will bless. This is the Lord speaking. 
I will bless them that bless thee and curse thee that cur- curse them that curse thee. And in you shall all. This is the part we miss. We miss it right up over into and through Christ because we're still acting like he didn't say all. We're acting like he says some. And we're acting like even less than that, a fraction of some. A fraction of some that only look like, look a certain way, do a certain thing, have a certain amount of money. He did not say that. And every time we imply that, even in how we think about each other, we are not honoring Christ. In you shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham left. Now, this is the part, because we all get high and mighty, and, oh, yeah, Abraham left, and he was such a brave man. I promise you, Abraham was human just like the rest of us. God used him to do amazing things, literally, to convey to us the spirit of Christ. That's what we see in Abraham. He's showing us. in many instances, what he was going to do in and through Christ. Go and I will show, he said. Now, if Abraham grew up, or since he grew up, in this place, for the Lord to speak to him to leave, he's saying that what's keeping you from getting to know me is all of the things that you have become accustomed to and comfortable with, including your own family. If you want the greatest thing for them and for you, I need you to leave. And we will say, oh, he had so much faith. And it's, no, he, he wanted something greater for everybody. He wanted Abram. Because I'm convinced he had the same kind of concerns and issues and doubts we would all have, that I have had. Okay, Michelle, I need you to go. And people look at me all the time. Well, why did you, uh, it, I just say it's ministry. It's, easy. it's just easy. It's work, ministry, whatever. It's just the easiest thing to do. Because if you tell somebody you heard something from the Lord, they're going to look at you like, what? Especially those that are in the church. So I know from whence I speak. I know this couldn't have been easy for Abram. I know he had questions, even though all of those things are not articulated or documented for us to see. We are not that different from him, although we can see where the arc of his life, whereas we can't yet see the arc of our own lives, and that's part of the issue because many of us are in the same situation or have the potential to be in the same situation that Abram was in when he spoke. For us, the problem is that we would rather trust our own stuff. We would rather operate in the spirit of familiarity and control and operation and manipulation, trusting our own emotions and intellect, and all of those other things that reside in our souls, rather than walking in faith and trusting the Lord, which is where the blessing is and where the miracles are. Go and I will show. If you go, that's what it should say. If you go, then I will show. He's not trying to show us anything new if we're not willing to go. And sometimes he may not tell us to leave. But if he does, we better be on the path. Trusting. that he will honor his own word. I don't need to make, well, I'm going to repeat the Lord's word. He doesn't need you to repeat anything. He knew, it, he knew the word before you did. He is the word. So what are we going to, well, you need to remind the Lord. Of, what am I going to remind him of? If I say I'm reminding the Lord of something, then I'm saying that he forgot. Come on now. So when we talk about this whole thing of blessing and cursing, we have to go back to this. We have to start here. God's intent has always been to bless 
humanity, to bless human beings, every family, every individual, all people. That's always been in his intention. Always. It's just expressed here at this time in history so that we would have documentation of that foretelling the coming of Christ where he would actually fulfill the promise of salvation in his son, through his son by the power of spirit, of Holy Spirit. And so it says Abraham departed. Abraham left. When he left out of Haran, his father was 75 years old. You think they are looking at him like, really? You're leaving me now? I don't know how many more years I have, and your answer to this whole situation is to leave? Don't tell me. Don't tell me you all don't know what I'm talking about. Don't act like this is something new. This is the plight of humanity. We have all gone through something like this on some level at some point in time. Well, how could you leave me? Well, I'm not really leaving you. Um, it looks like I'm leaving you, but I'm really leaving you so that things can get better for all of us. I'm leaving you because the blessing of the Lord rests for this family on my obedience right now, at least the way he's showing it to me. Now, it's not that he's not telling anybody else anything. Nobody ever said that. And even if he is, is everybody else listening? I can't wait to determine that. I can't wait to figure that out, and neither can you. You need to do what he's telling you to do. But first, you need to make sure that you are humbled, that you have repented at least once today, and that you are clear that the Lord is telling you. And I will tell you a huge clue. You're not going to want to do it. That familiarity, that comfort, all of that is going to kick in. So when the Lord's instruction comes, your answer is not going to be, oh, yes, Lord, I'm so, I'm so ready to go. That's not going to be your answer. Because at the times when you feel like you're ready, he's not going to let you go. The times when you feel like you want to stay, he's going to make you go. Trust me on this. You can tell the difference because it's not going to immediately resonate with you. Not in the way that you think. God is faithful who promised. He's responsible for honoring his word. We are not responsible for, one, reminding him of anything or making him do anything. Don't say he's omniscient and then try to control the situation. Don't say he's all-powerful and then act like he has no power at all. Don't say he's ever-present and then act like he's never in the room. Don't ever say, where is the Lord in this? You wouldn't be here if he wasn't in it. Even if he has hidden himself in the moment. I wouldn't be here. I, well, I know for a fact I wouldn't be. So let's get over ourselves and understand that it has always been the Lord's intent to bless humanity, to work with humanity, to accomplish his purposes, which is unconditional love, grace, peace, mercy, forgiveness, truth, righteousness, honor, dignity, integrity, unity. That's always been his intent. So when we talk about the blessing, the blessing is life. That is his whole purpose, to bring life to all. And so he left. But I think sometimes when we read, you know, biblical accounts of things, 
we we want to act as if there weren't some real time real life things happening in that situation since Abraham, Abram had been at I'm, I'm going to say Abraham but since Abram at that point had been in that place his entire life don't think there wasn't struggle and conflict internally and externally don't think that there wasn't resistance internally and externally even though the blessing of the Lord was promised to him in spite of the fact because he still didn't know what that meant what what, what is a blessing and even though we don't we may not understand how a blessing manifests the blessing brings life that's what I know that's what I've learned so far is that regardless of how it manifests it brings life to people places things circumstances situations that were meant for destruction I will cause all things to work for your good or for your blessing so he's saying I don't need you to know I need you to obey because in your obedience is also your deliverance in your deliverance is the blessing I bring life through these things and we read all too often scripture and we forget the human element because we got a lot of stuff going on and it generally manifests when we do things that seem to upset the apple cart I'm not talking about being intentionally disrespectful and uh, creating disruption just for the sake of creating disruption I'm not talking about operating in a spirit of carnality that brings hate and division everywhere it goes I'm not talking about that I'm talking about just you doing the best you can you want to do the best you can for yourself and for others but anything that's counter to that people see or counter to what other people think it should be becomes an issue when it really shouldn't be an issue and we and there's always that lurking and we forget that human element not just in our lives but the, the human element existed for Abram his it's his wisdom I mean his obedience that allowed the wisdom of God to prevail through generation after generation after generation the life of God the blessing of God to prevail to bring to us the salvation through salvation eternal life through Jesus Christ so it says verse 1 if you go then I will show and I will we focus on make I need you to make me a great nation part that's not the reason that the great nation was promised was to bring the great blessing see we focus on the wrong things oh yeah I believe in Jesus oh he gonna bless and he gonna make a me he gonna make me a, a, a great house and I'm gonna have a mansion no 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 and no the purpose it's the why it's the condition and then the why of why he's doing things the way that he is people always say well I'm gonna pray for wisdom so I can have wealth like like Solomon that's not you're not Solomon so you can pray for wisdom but it doesn't mean you're going to get well that's that's you trying to manipulate the situation this isn't magic it's faith so how your prayer for wisdom manifests in your life may be different than what God's intention was because Solomon had a specific reason why he was granted that wealth I'll give you another one 
because we're talking about moving from blessing, not just moving, not just transitioning, pivoting, which is a quick move, a, twer- a turn. It's the way, it's repentance, right? It's, it's the same as repentance. Repentance isn't a slow process. Repentance is, oh, nope, let me run as fast as I can. Now, pivot is the same thing. When you play basketball, there's such a thing, I've never played, I played probably one time in my whole life, wasn't good at it, clearly. But when you pivot in basketball, I know enough to know, even from watching today, that when you pivot, it's a quick move. There's a transition in the game, but there's also a pivot in the game. There are pivotal points in our lives. There are quick transitions. It's not a quick, slow move. It's not something you think about, something you overthink, something you have planned out. You have to sense it and you have to move. The Lord is saying pivot. So even in this place of pivot into, in pivoting into situations and circumstances, out of cursing, out of a season, coming from around the mountain that we've gone around too long, into a place of blessing, it has to be a quick move. But it doesn't mean that it's going to manifest in your life the way that you think it is without your obedience. Just because Solomon prayed for wisdom doesn't mean you should pray for wisdom and expect to get the wealth that Solomon had. There was a reason. Just because there was a Boaz, so to speak, for Ruth, doesn't mean there's a, not, not, a, not a person for you. But you trying to be like Ruth, you're not Ruth. You're you. So he's showing us principles. He, God, is showing us principles in how he operates, but that doesn't mean he's going to manifest things in your life or in my life the same way he did for others. It means that the principle is still there. It means that the why is still there. But many of us don't have uh, a Naomi in our lives. And if we did, we wouldn't be sitting, sitting ready to listen to her, let alone going to some field to pick up the scraps to make sure she and I can eat or you and I can eat or whoever it might be. Understand the realistic, real-life, real-time context of these biblical accounts of what has happened. Yes, the Lord is showing us principles, but that doesn't mean. We're not, we're not trying to say hocus-pocus because this is what you did for them. This is what, yeah, he's going to do that, but it's an act of your faith. It's obedience in your life based on what he's telling you. And even then, you, are not, you don't determine the outcome. He knows the beginning from the end, the end from the beginning. So there's a reason that things are set in motion that the, way, the way they are. I've had people literally ask me, how do you know that wasn't you? Okay. I, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. How do I know it wasn't me? I could tell you, but why, why waste my time? Does that mean that I haven't operated in presumption? And might still if I wasn't checking myself? Because I will, I will show the Lord, I, this is what I heard. If it's not you, I need you to let me know, cause, but I'm going to sit here and wait. Unless it's a pivot, of course. It's a quick move. Because there are things that the Lord tells me that I trust, trust me, that Michelle would not do. So we have to be careful and understanding that there is an if-then proposition. Everything the Lord tells us is if-then. If my people 
who are called by my name or who call themselves by my name in the New Testament. Because there's a lot of people around, walking around, profaning the name of the Lord, using it vainly, meaning I believe in Jesus but not producing Jesus' fruit. Right? We just throw it around. Oh, I'm a Christian. Well, it's not your decision whether you're a Christian or not. He's the one that makes you. Christ said, until Christ be formed in you. I mean, Holy Spirit. Jesus said, Paul said, till Christ be formed in you, meaning there's a forming that is taking place that you have nothing to do with except to obey. If you love me, you'll obey me. That's the words of Jesus Christ. So he's not talking some random, go preach the Bible to everybody. Well, yeah, he is in a way, but he also calls us living epistles, which means he wants us to do more living and less talking, more living like him, and stop talking at people about the Bible that most of them know anyway. It's just being used in the wrong spirit. So they're picking up the spirit in which we're teaching Scripture. They're not picking up the words. They're picking up the spirit that's writing on it. So if you're operating in a spirit of chaos and confusion and carnality, I don't care how many scriptures you know. If you're conveying those in that spirit, they're picking up the spirit, not the words. The word is, words are spirit. It's the spirit that's being conveyed. It's the spirit that's being transferred because we are spiritual at our core. So we have to understand the word of God when it comes to whether it's personal, rhema, right, something specific for me, or something general to us. It's always an if-then proposition. Now, he might throw in, and, and he has, throw in some things that he didn't tell us, but they came as part of the blessing. The blessing happens when we say, okay, I have no clue. I'm upset, I don't know, but I'm going to go anyway. I'm going to trust you because I believe that you are God. I'm going to trust you. So that's what this is. The pivot from blessing to cursing has to take into account the why. The why isn't to give you what you want necessarily. It may be to give you better than what you want. And generally speaking, when God talks about blessing, He's speaking of impact to multiple individuals. So all of the stuff that we try to do in our flesh, all of the programs and things that we try to do, it's not to say they don't have benefit, but what spirit are we operating in? Because that's what's being conveyed. People will certainly come back if you give away stuff. I mean, they will certainly come back. But some people won't come back if you give away stuff and they're like, hmm, that was nasty. They know. They know the difference. They don't have to go to church to know that. They don't even have to read the Bible to know that. People know because we are all spiritual. So you can pick it up. So blessing, from what I know, based on what I know, Holy Spirit has shown me. I don't need you to believe what he's shown me. Let my work, my life speak for me. And you need to do the same because I'm not here to, to help you figure out your life. There was a time when I thought that was, was my thing, meaning, you know, I was going to go in psychology and all these other things. I think that's helpful for some people, but that may not be the thing. That may not be the purpose. It may just be a means to an end. And we often treat things like that, like the purpose. But the purpose is for us to be a blessing. That's the purpose. 
The purpose is for us to be vessels through which God can give life. To bypass, just like, <laughs> just to bypass. And now something that the Lord said to me years, literal years ago, is coming to my remembrance. He just brought it to my remembrance. He told me years ago, and I didn't understand it until later. I understand it now, but I not, wasn't really top of mind. He said, Michelle, everyone here that believes on me is just like Mary. What Mary, you ask? Mary, Jesus' mother. He says, this is all spiritual. That's what the birth of Jesus was about. That's why it had to be, it had to bypass the carnal nature to remain pure. Because my entire goal is to be, bring blessing into the world, is to bring salvation and deliverance and healing and hope and restoration into the world. That is my entire desire. That is my purpose. It, everything that I do is about that. So you're just like Mary. When he first told me this, I was like, I have no idea. I have no idea what you're talking about, but okay. And as time went on, Holy Spirit illuminated the fact that each of us, in order, the reason he says, if my people, which are called by my name, or have called themselves by, I always throw that part in, because we do a good job of calling, we like to label and we like to categorize, or those that call themselves by my name, would humble themselves, put down the flesh, put down that spirit of carnality, Repent from their evil ways. See, we like to focus on, quote, unquote, the world's evil ways. They're, they're not obeying the Bible. Okay, well, neither are you. Judgment starts at the house of God, so what are you talking about? If you or I are not obedient to the word of God, then we need to sit down and be quiet about anybody else. But he said to me, he said, I have to bypass the carnal nature, but I can't override. I gave you the capability of making, of, he's given us free choice, not free will. He says, I've given everybody the capability of making their own choices. I can't override that. So my instruction and the way that I guide you is designed to help you know the difference and to get you to choose me rather than me trying to produce clones because he could have done that too. We would have never known the difference, right? But he says, no, I need you to choose because I have promised myself in the way that I made you that I will not rob you of your ability to choose. Christ even says, I put, I put before you life and death, therefore choose life. He's telling us expressly how to use the faculty of making choices that he gave us. So he says, no, I have to buy. Just a Mary, I just, the spirit of God was able to cover her and manifest life in her. For you, I have, you have to choose. Now that Christ has come, I need you to choose. And when you choose, you have to repent. That means that anything related to your carnal nature, to your flesh, 
to your bloodline, to your DNA that's going to interfere with the work that I am going to do, I need you to relinquish that. It doesn't mean that there won't be times when it looks like you might not be saved at all, when it feels like you haven't uh, confessed me at all. I will, I will take care of that part. That's the healing. If my people, which are called by name, my name, would humble, turn, repent, pivot away from, then, then pray, then I will heal all of it conditional. We like to focus on the promise. It's really a contract. It's a covenant. A covenant is a contract. It's greater than a contract, actually, because we talk about contracts. You know, we, are, we live in a litigious society. So we talk about contracts like it's nothing. Covenant is greater than contract. So he says that the covenant, when he, all of this language, we like to focus on the promises. He says, oh, no, they're conditions. Don't get me wrong. My love is unconditional. But there are conditions for receiving the blessing and or the degree of blessing you receive is dependent upon the degree of your obedience. Because I gave you the ability to choose. Not only did I give you the ability to choose freely, I also have told you the instructions, given you the instructions for how to use it. I also sent you my son to show you how to use it and to take away anything that might be in your way in the process. And then on top of that, I sent a form of myself in the spirit, because you're spiritual, to actually live the life in and through you if you choose. So we talk about this pivot. So we're all, in a sense, Marys. We all, by putting down the flesh, have the ability to move out of a place where we're giving birth to carnal things and giving birth to Christ. So Christ be formed in you. I decrease so that he can increase. That's Mary-like. That's how Christ becomes evident. We are living epistles. What does that mean? We should be, our lives should be lived as letters written to the world by Jesus himself, who went to the cross to take away sin that he had nothing to do with, that he didn't commit, that he didn't engage in. We should be love letters to the world about how much Christ loved them, loves them, and instead, the greatest place, some, the greatest place that we have division in the world is in the place that claims to love Christ. Pivoting out of cursing into blessing. If we go, then he will show. Sometimes the going is spiritual. Sometimes it's not physical. I've had to physically go. I've had to physically go. To places I didn't know about, places that were not on my bucket list. I don't really have a bucket list. I've had to physically go to places I never heard of, to meet people I never met. I've had to physically go, but I've also had to spiritually go. This pivot, this season is critical because behind this, 
I sense in my spirit is coming a season of restoration. The Bible says, revive us again. I believe that's what's coming. When we give in, willingly, give up, I should say, willingly, our will, our way, I should say, our choice and say, Lord, I'm going to trust you with this thing. I am clueless as to what's going on, but I am going to trust you. You hear me? I believe that on the back of that comes a season, an outpouring of grace, healing, restoration, miracles beyond what we could ask or think. Abundant life here, not in the life after, not after the transition. Oh, when I get to heaven. Well, first you've got to get to heaven. Why do you think we are here? It's to be vessels here and now. He says, run them, not condemn them. What are we doing? I know what I'm doing. What are you doing? You owe me no answer, but it is a challenge for you to think about that. We know we should owe no one anything except to love them. We should be helping each other out. We should be trying to win each other so that we can be supportive and supportive in helping others to know that Christ loves them. They should want what we have. We shouldn't be running them off. Then people want to know, why don't you come to church? (laughs) The great de-churching, they call it. I'll tell you why. Because we've lost it. We've lost the blessing. The church is Ichabod in many ways. The glory has departed. It doesn't mean God has departed. Understand. God manifests himself. doesn't mean he's not present either. That's why some of you say, well, where's God in all of this? Uh Uh-huh. That lets me know exactly where you stand. That's unbelief. Because you can't say he's omniscient, all-powerful, and ever-present, and then say, where is he? He knows how to hide himself. Even for those who seek him, he knows how to hide himself to the point of maddening frustration. Ask me how I know. Until he's ready to reveal. But every instruction comes with homework. If Holy Spirit is another helper, if Holy Spirit is the teacher, or since, not if. Then there is homework. You, I, you can best believe there's homework. Well, you can't get a testimonial without a test. Okay, please stop. The testimony isn't supposed to be a testimony in the way that we talk about it. It's just supposed to be a natural fact of life. It's supposed to be an account. It's not the result of the, the, the testimonial is not a result, of the, a result of the test. The testimonial is a result of the blessing that came out of the test. So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage us in this time. It doesn't matter when you're listening to this, okay? I'm going to tell you when this is. I'm recording this in late 2023, two, three days left in 2023. But it doesn't matter if you're listening to this Today, 
tomorrow, next year, years after. The principles will still apply. So if you're at a place of cursing in your life right now, I know it's time to pivot because the season will come whether you choose to enter it or not. Just like summer, spring, I mean summer, fall, winter, and spring. The season comes whether you're ready or not. How you receive the season and what you can enjoy and be part of in the season depends on your willingness to participate and to obey the Lord from a spiritual perspective. That's why the Lord says, well, you can tell by the way the sun sets a certain way or because at that time, that's how, you know, when it was written, you told time. By the way, the sun set. I was in the sky. Some people still do that today. I honor them for that. I mean, that, I think that's, I don't want to say honor. I respect that and admire that. You know, maybe one day I'll learn how to do it. I don't know. But right now we have clocks. We have something that tells us. We have meteorologists and other people, astronomers, astrologists, who tell us when certain things are happening, which is fantastic because I already also believe that God manifests himself in the sciences. I know that for a fact. But the season is going to happen whether we are prepared or not. What is your willingness to pivot to out of cursing into blessing? When you bless the Lord and bless all the families of the earth, just in spirit. I'm just, I'm not even talking about just in spirit through your thought process. The spirit illuminates the soul. So whatever your values, your belief, all of that illuminates your soul. Your soul is where your emotions, your psyche, your intelligence, your uh, mentality, your psychology, your personality, all of that resides in the soul. The soul is the seat of government, government for each individual. It's where your, your choices are made. So all of that works together then to determine your thought process. That's where your thought process happens. So how do you think about other people? That's, that's where the blessing happens, in your spirit and in your soul. That's where the blessing happens. So it's not just how you treat people. It's how you think about, first and foremost, God that is then conveyed into your soul that then becomes an expression of something because many of you think that. You can think about people a certain way derogatorily. Is that a word? I don't know. In a derogatory manner. Let me change it. You can think about people in a derogatory manner and then pretend to treat them well and God doesn't know the difference. So you actually think that there is a God who's that stupid. If he was that stupid, he wouldn't be God. And we would not be here. Because then he wouldn't have sent his son to provide salvation for all of the people that shouldn't die, should have died under the curse. So we have to be very clear that the season is here. You bless God. You bless people in your spirit and soul first. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, that is what you will reap. You're not going to sow division and chaos and not reap it in, in areas of your life for generations to come, whether you're here or not. 
So if we want blessing to continue in our homes and in the homes of other every other human being, why wouldn't we want that? That's where blessing is. Blessing is life. Cursing is death. Cursing is not just profanity. That's between you and the Lord. Everything that I'm talking about is between you and the Lord. You owe me no account. If you have questions, you can put them in comments or you can DM me. I'm happy to help, but don't come with any foolishness. He died for the whole world. He went to the cross for everybody. So we need to stop acting like church is a club. It's not. That requires certain membership. It is a whosoever will proposition. Always was and always will be. You will bless all in you, through you, shall all families be blessed. Time to pivot. Hope you're ready. Thank you for joining me for this segment of Daily Bread with Jam, a podcast by the Holy Spirit You Channel. My name is Michelle, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.